Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. It's hour two on this Thursday. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Glad to have you with us. Everybody's here, including Fritzy. Fritzy wearing an Ohio State jersey and a Brooklyn hat as a tribute to Richard Lewis, the great comedian, contributor to Curb Your Enthusiasm, a big Ohio State fan, and he was from Brooklyn. Really a a sweet man, and uh, loved to talk Ohio State football. He passed away yesterday. But uh, you would see him on Curb Your Enthusiasm with uh, Larry David, but uh, Richard Lewis, he was uh, a friend of the show. Keith Oberman introduced me to Richard Lewis, Back in the ESPN days, had him on the radio a few times, and uh, he loved talking Ohio State. So, Richard Lewis passing away. Welcome to the program. It's hour two. We'll have a poll question for you. Stat of the day is always brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. And uh, I just saw this from Adam Schefter. You know, when I talk about owners getting involved, now I know it's your team. You spent all the money, you spent billions. Like David Tepper. And I kept saying and would still say it, David, you're the reason. It starts with you that Carolina is not a good franchise. It starts with you. Stay out of the way. Hire football people to make football decisions. You've made your money elsewhere. If it's a hedge fund or whatever it is, let the people who you're hiring do their jobs. Attending his first combine as the Washington Commander's owner, Josh Harris, sat in and took part in six interviews that his team has conducted with the top quarterback prospects. This according to Adam Schefter. Most owners don't attend the combine. He's not only there, but he's part of the interviewing process. Once again, it's your team. It's your money. But... You, you have to have that guy on staff who can actually be honest with you. Billionaires don't like to be told anything. You got a brand new coach in Dan Quinn. He has no juice to say, uh, Josh, let, let us handle this. You know, you're like, oh, of course. But Josh, we'd love to have you in the interviewing process. Now, he might say, you know, I get a good feel for people. I want to see who's going to represent my franchise. You know, I understand all of that. 
But, man, I like when owners act as owners and don't act like front office people. Because then you get into some troubling situations here. And I always go back to Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones, the owner. Jerry Jones, the GM. And those are two separate people. Because Jerry wanted to draft Johnny Manziel. Was going to draft Johnny Manziel. Was talked out of drafting Johnny Manziel. You fall in love, and all of a sudden you're like, you know, that he's a cowboy. Or you know, Mark Davis could say, that guy's a raider. Okay. you got to let football people be football people. And it's really difficult for these owners. Because, hey, I'm a billionaire. You think I got to this, this place, being a billionaire, being dumb? I know what I'm doing. No, you don't. There's no... You know, a front office for dummies that you can pick up and read and go, you know, I, th- I think I got this salary cap figured out here. Yeah, Paulie. You can find articles from last year. Panthers owner David Tepper to attend Ohio State Pro Day, to attend this Pro Day, to go fly to the Combine. And all the stories that followed, Frank Reich wanted one quarterback. David Tepper fell in love with another. Yep. The danger is that if the commander's owner falls in love with a quarterback, who's going to talk That's about That's the it? quarterback you're going to take. And yeah. that, that happened in Carolina. Whether Frank Reich wanted C.J. Stroud, I don't know if we'll ever find out, but it certainly felt like David Tepper did not want C.J. Stroud. He wanted Bryce Young. And this, you know, the the draft is littered with stories like this where owners come in, you're going to be in the war room during the draft, you know, it's tense, you're on the clock, all of a sudden uh, the owner says he wants this guy. And you have all your player personnel people and scouts in there. And you have the coach and the GM. Everybody's done their work, homework. And then all of a sudden, he comes in and he's going to tell you what to do. It happens, and it could happen in Washington. Although, he may really want to spend more time with Caleb Williams because if you're the owner of the commanders and uh, you can get a, a local quarterback coming there from the area, you need a quarterback, got a new head coach, new ownership, uh, eventually you'll get a new stadium. Maybe you go back to downtown D.C. Maybe you'd want to... Now, I think you only get 15 minutes with with these uh, prospects. That's it. And I don't know how much you can get out of 15 minutes like here. speed dating. Yeah, kind of. Yes. And it's like, all right, done with you. Hey, J.J. McCarthy's in here. Hey, Bo Nix. It's, you know, kind of everybody gets their chance. They get to talk to him for 15 minutes. And you're also trying to get, you know, a source of mine has been in those meetings before. And you're trying to really see, are they an alpha? Do they start the conversation? Do they tell you about your team? You're, you're looking for all kinds of just signals. Like, ooh, I like that. Now, Johnny Manziel nailed his interview. He, he, he said everything the Browns wanted to hear. And they're like, damn, Johnny's good. Yeah. Except for the part where he wanted to go to Vegas and he still wanted to party and those kind of things. But, you know, he knew everything. He, he conned him. It, it, it was, if you're old enough to remember the show Leave It to Beaver, Eddie Haskell would always, you know, come over to, a, you know, Wally and Beaver's house and he would always say the right things to their parents. Yeah. And meanwhile, you know, he was up to no good. But these situations, there's so much on the line. And you're trying to gauge. You're not just getting a quarterback. You're getting the face of your franchise. Do you, do you like his personality? Uh, what if you don't like his personality? What if you don't like his dad? What if you don't like the, the entourage? Like, there's so much that goes into this. And these owners, businessmen, are trying to read the room with these players. And here's Josh 
in there and probably has you know, got some questions that he wants answered. Yeah, Paul? I saw an interview with Kyle Van Noy, the longtime NFL linebacker, and he's talking about the combine and what it's all about. And he said he sat with like 20 teams, does his quick interviews. The first team said, who's the best linebacker at the combine? And Van Noy, to be honest, he thought he was being humble. goes, you know, I really like Smith from Oklahoma. And, and he goes, their face is just soured. And he goes, I realized they wanted me to say me. Yeah. So for the next 10 interviews, he was asked the same question. Who's the best linebacker? He goes, oh, you're talking to him. Mm. And I'm like, yep, that's what we want to hear. And he, but he was like, I, I thought being humble was the right move. And he's like, that wasn't it. Yep, but then you can be kind of confident, cocky, braggadocio, and then all of a sudden you can have a team go, nah, I don't like that attitude here. Like, you know, I, I, I like that team first. So you can talk yourself in or talk yourself out of something. Because if you said, all right, who's the best linebacker in this draft? Look, I, you can't play this sport without being confident. And I'm confident that I'm the best linebacker in this draft. And I plan on being one of the best linebackers in the NFL. And then that's it. Then I drop the microphone, then I walk out. Yes, Eden. Yeah, but I wonder how many times teams are, are wrong because they're basing things on I like that he said he was the best. <laughs> you know, like yes. Josh Rosen went into every single interview and was like, I'm the best quarterback in this draft, and you're going to regret not taking me. And two years later, he was out of the league. Got him drafted, though. Yeah. 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 But, I mean, I wonder how many times they're like, ah, oh, God, sure. I love the attitude. Look at that. Look at this. Oh, wait a minute. He can't play. When what I, the hell happens? When I broke the story that the Browns were taking Baker Mayfield, my source said that he blew away ownership by – you know, being John, being uh, Baker Mayfield, like that confidence that, hey, I'm your guy. And now, granted, you know, Baker's been a good quarterback, but I, everybody was shocked that he was going to go number one. But it was his personality that sold them on that. All right, we'll get to uh, some phone calls here coming up. Poll question for hour two is going to be what? We got two of them working right now, Dan. Uh, we've got how many teams should be included in the college football playoff? 12, 14, 20, or keep it as is? Right. Want to guess? I'm going to say 12 because we haven't gone to 12 yet. 12 is crushing Thank right you. now. Yeah. Guess what's in second place? Four. Keep it as is. Yep. Keep four. Okay. Keep it just the way it is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then, just because it's fun, uh, if the Bears select Caleb Williams, which song is more likely to depict <laughs> his career there? My Kind of Town or The Night Chicago Died? This is mean-spirited. Right now, 69% of the vote has... Uh, paper tiger or whoever it was. Paper lace. Paper lace. The night Chicago died. That's not nice. Not nice at all. Yeah. Well, you came up with the poll question. I did. I thought it would go three quarters the other way, the positive way. Uh, Caleb Williams uh, <laughs> talked about the Bears, and uh, I thought it was pandering a little bit there. When you bring up Michael Jordan and Walter Payton, that's exactly what the Chicago media wants to hear. I think deep down... You know, he's not going to commit. There's no reason to go, man, I, that's where I want to be. I'm going to play for the Bears. It's, hey, if they draft me, then uh, you know it's a great city to go to, and I'll look forward to that. I think if you said, uh, Caleb, where do you really want to go? He'd go, are you kidding me? Commanders, man. So college football is looking at bumping the playoffs to 14, and you're probably saying, wait, we didn't get to 12 yet. Yep, welcome to college football. Caitlin Clark, the all-time leading scorer in uh, women's basketball history, Passing Lynette Woodard and Pete Maravich is next. LeBron James is 40 points away, I believe, from 40,000 points in his career. It's one thing to stay healthy 
for that amount of time. But to stay excited, enthused, competitive, it's a grind. No matter what job you have. Now, yes, he gets paid, he gets paid handsomely. But you still have to want to go out there and go through it. It's a grind. Every night, you know, at your age, you got to live up to what people think you are. And he, and he has. He surpassed what I think he's supposed to be playing like at his age. But he is going to get to 40,000 points at the age of 39. And I always think when Kareem hit that sky hook in Las Vegas over Mark Eaton, and at the time, we thought, nobody will ever come close to that. That's why I don't want to get to the, I'm pretty confident nobody's going to get to 40,000 points. It feels like it's insurmountable because you have to stay you know, competitive. Uh, you have to stay athletic. You have to be you know, an elite player to be able to play, to be your go-to guy for you know, 20 years. But 40,000 points including 19 in the fourth quarter last night. It's remarkable. It is. Just, you know, when you keep waiting for him to fall off. And, you know, there have been signs where he's just not the same. But, you know, like they have Washington. So they have a back-to-back. I don't even know if he plays tonight against them. But to be able to go out there, and you got some 23-year-old who wants to check you. And like, oh, I can't wait to, you know, get LeBron. And then you're out there, and then LeBron, you know, puts his 25, 8, and 7 up. Um, he's not that I can take over a quarter. I'll score 25 and a quarter like he did against Detroit. You know, he's not able to do that. Even, even last night, I mean, hitting five threes, he's not a great shooter. But to be able to do that, and now you're approaching 40,000 points. <laughs> The person who may come close to that probably hasn't been born. <laughs> because I don't know what the game is going to be like. Uh, you know, Do we do anything different? Do we extend the three-point line? Uh, does basketball come back to the big men are going to be acting like big men? Like I, I don't know. But 40,000 feels pretty safe. Like Pete Rose's all-time hit record. Feels pretty safe. I don't know what other ones... Like Jack Nicholas with 18 majors, I'm thinking nobody's going to come close to that. But Tiger has come pretty close. I would say, here's one for you. Emmett Smith's all-time rushing record yeah. feels like that's untouchable. Because yeah. it feels like if you get to 10,000 yards, you might be a Hall of Famer. Like that, That's where it used to be. It felt like you got to 10 grand, and then you were a Hall of Fame running back. That might be as high as you get now. Yeah, Paul. Also, the devaluing of the position. If you're 32 years old, even if you have a lot left in the tank, no one's really going to pay you for your time to stay in the league. By the way, LeBron right now, he uh, he's only missed a couple games this year. I think he's only missed three. He's uh, fifth in the league in minutes played per game. Fifth. It's, it's, it's amazing. There's only four guys ahead of him. They're all you know 10 years younger. And it feels like the last couple of years I've said the same thing about LeBron. Limit his minutes during the regular season because you're going to need him in the postseason. And it feels like he wants to prove he doesn't need, you know, to manage his minutes, you know, game managing, any of that. That he wants to prove at his age he can act like somebody who is 10 years younger. That's not always a great recipe, though, come postseason time.
because after all, he is 39, and that's a lot of minutes being logged. Yes, Marv. The issue is they need him to even get into the playoffs. Yeah, I know. Because right now they're the ninth seed. I know. So, oh, also, yeah. Cy Young, 511 wins. Yeah, that won't be a yeah. yeah. Because <laughs> nobody starts, you know, games. Or how many starts do you get? And you're only going five innings, maybe. I did watch the Dodgers yesterday. My guy, Yamamoto, he looked awesome. I know it's spring training. And I just wanted to see, like, the movement on his pitches. And uh, you're going against the Rangers, the team that, you know, won the World Series last year. Whew. He was fun. He looked really, really good. And that ball, man, does it dive. That's what I wanted to see. He he didn't really get tagged. They had a couple of uh, good swings. I think he gave up one hit. He pitched two innings. I think he wanted to pitch more. And then they're like... Otani's like, no, 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 come on back. You're not pitching anymore. Yeah, Paulie. Otani not pitching, but announced yesterday he's married. I know. Out of nowhere. He's a man of mystery. He posted on the uh, the Instagrams that uh, I've begun a new chapter of my life with the Dodgers and a, a wife. No names, no pictures. There's Wait. actually a picture of him and his dog. Well, he wouldn't even tell us the name of his dog for a long time. Right. Be crazy if that's the way the rest of his family found out. <laughs> Could be like they, they find out everything through Instagram too. It's like dang. Yeah, but did any of the Dodgers get invited? Did Dave Roberts get invited? Kershaw private ceremony. What if she fell in love with the pitcher Shohei Otani? Mm. No, not the hitter. Mm. More so. <laughs> Just a thought. Roger, fair, fair thought. Though. Roger, dumb. You know I like you when you pitch, not so much when you hit. He used to pitch. Yeah. I kind of dig the long ball, yeah. gotta admit. I like going to every five games, not every game. Roger in Vermont. Hi, <laughs> Roger. Hi, Dan. Uh, 6'3", a grandpa strong, 250. And um, just want to address the uh, Pete Maravich. We've had a, uh, a local college coach, uh, Tom Brennan, who coached the UVM men's, who has plenty of stories about when he was at Georgia uh, playing against Pete Maravich. Mm. And he is a great, great storyteller. Matter of fact, for many years he had a uh, radio, local radio show uh, in the morning. Uh, It was called Corm and the Coach. And uh, it was uh, very entertaining. All right. Well, thank you, Roger. Yeah, I'm sure there are people who have a lot of stories, whether you played against Pete in college or in the NBA. Um, And he was somebody that I followed, uh, you know, when I was first getting into uh, basketball. And I remember watching him on a Saturday afternoon play Kentucky. And he probably had 48. They ended up getting blown out because Kentucky always had a really good team. And there was just a fascination of somebody who was averaging 44 a game. And then getting a chance to see him play, uh, following his career, and then going to his Hall of Fame induction, sitting down with him to do an interview with him. And then, of course, Pete passing away had a heart condition at the age of 40. So I was fortunate to be able to see him play. The only person, I've said this before, I didn't get to see Bill Russell play in person. And I think just about everybody else I got to see in person. Now, I didn't get to see George Mikan or some of those players. Uh, Bob Cousy was coaching the Royals, got to see him. Uh, I didn't see him with the Celtics, but I saw him when he was a player coach with the Royals. So pretty much 
everybody that you'll find you know, in that top 50 list had a chance to see. All right, let me take a break. We'll get to uh, more phone calls coming up. Caitlin Clark, next up will be uh, Pete Maravich. And uh, I'm glad that she acknowledged, Iowa acknowledged Lynette Woodard, who uh, should have been labeled, ranked as the number one women's college scorer of all time until last night. We'll take a break. We're back after this Dan Patrick Show. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I know what I'll be doing tonight. You want to guess what I'll be watching tonight? Anybody have any suggestions, any guesses? To me, it's obvious what I'll be watching. Yes, Paulie. Jazz magic? Seems no, like your kind of game. No. Or no. horrendous. Marv? Oh, this is easy. Oklahoma City, San Antonio. Blue, blue, blue. Oh. Yeah, Marvin gets it. Yes. You're locked in right now. Yeah, you are. You are locked in. Yeah, you are. Oklahoma City uh, is giving 11 to the Spurs. The over-under, according to DraftKings, points, rebounds, and assists for Chet Holmgren. 
is 28 and a half. The over under points, rebounds, and assists for Wembayama, 36 and a half. And it's a two player race for uh, rookie of the year. Really, it's Wembayama is going to win if he's healthy the rest of the year. But Chet Holmgren has played well and he's on a better team. I just wish the Spurs were better. Because you can watch and you go, they're bad. He's he's potentially great. So it's hard to watch because it's like seeing a great actor in a show or a movie, but the supporting cast isn't very good or the plot line is not very good. That's sort of what you have with the uh, with the Spurs. Um, Paulie is suggesting we get rid of the triple-double, or at least the, the name, the triple-double, that it doesn't mean as much as it used to. Does it feel special when you tune on Sports Center and say Blank had a triple double tonight? No, I if I tune in to uh, Jokic and he doesn't have a triple double, I'm like, man, off night. Uh Luca 30-16 and 11 last night. Triple double against the Raptors. Uh the Joker 14-14 and 11 last night. Feels like Sabonis has a triple double every other night. So you know, it didn't used to be something until Russell Westbrook. Now, when Oscar was doing it, and I was young at the time, it wasn't one of those where you go, um, oh, so he had double digits and points, rebounds, and assists. Nobody called it a triple-double. We're like, okay, nobody's done that before. Cool. Then all of a sudden, Russell Westbrook averaged a triple-double. Well, he won the MVP because he averaged a triple-double. If he averages eight assists, and double digits and rebounds and points, he, he might not win it. Like, we like it easy. Hey, we can understand that. Man, a triple-double every night. Well, maybe he didn't shoot well from the floor. Maybe he's 4 for 18 and uh, had 12 rebounds and 10 assists. Man, he had a triple-double. Does that mean if you have 40 points, 14 rebounds, but only 9 assists, so you didn't have a triple-double, somehow it loses the impact of how great you were? And it seems like. Caitlin Clark, triple-double. Sabrina Ionescu at Oregon. She, I think, set the record for most triple-doubles. I don't know if it means as much because it feels like it's a little diluted every single night. You're surprised that somebody doesn't have a triple-double? Yes, Todd? What if we lift the bar just a little bit and you need to get a triple-dozen? Oh, 12 in all three of those categories for us to get excited about it again. Trip does? All right, all right. You know, I'll put that under advisement. Okay. Yes, yes, Paul. I looked it up and trying to find from basketball reference when the phrase triple-double was first used. Mm. And the conventional wisdom is Magic Johnson in 83-84 was having triple-doubles. They didn't have a term at the time. Mm-hmm. And supposedly the L.A. Lakers PR staff started throwing it around. Magic is having a triple-double. And they put it into a press release of some type. Mm. And it started getting used by the local L.A. media. And then the New York Times, just six months later, was writing a story about Michael Ray Richardson. You remember him from the Nets. Yeah. Very good point guard for a while. And in the New York Times, the triple-double was used in 84. So the 83-84 season is the first time it appeared in print okay. around the NBA. Magic Johnson might be the godfather of getting it and the PR staff from the Lakers of getting it in the media. Okay. I did not know that. Um it's, it's interesting when you talk to older players that they'll say, if I knew it was a big deal, then I would have done it. It's almost like when um, it might have been either Willie Mays or Mickey Mantle that said, you know, about 30 for 30, or 30, 30, 30 stolen base, 30 home runs, or 40, 40. 
If I knew it was important, I would have done it a few times. Yes, Eden. So older players or players of a different generation had to realize that, you know, getting points, assists, and then some other metric was important to the game? Well, I don't they, don't, they didn't chase stats, and they yeah. didn't have a phrase that went along with it. Yeah. But yeah, I'm just saying, like, you know, if I had known that scoring more and getting more assists was important, I would have done more of it. I don't know that that's changed in the game. Well, but you could have eight assists, and all of a sudden somebody says, hey, can I stay in? I want to get, you know, a yeah. triple-double here. You know, everything is so stat conscious now. But back then, I don't know if it... I don't remember guys who were chasing numbers like that. Mm. Wilt... Wilt well, they didn't even keep track of, like, sacks and stuff in the <laughs> yes, NFL. Like, I don't know, you know, this seems important, what these guys are doing. Maybe we should find out how many they're getting a season. I still, oh, to my dying day, the NFL has all this footage. You know, the Sable family shot all of this footage. You can't go back and tell me how many sacks Deacon Jones actually had because it's probably going to be well over 250. And they didn't throw the ball very often. But this is the sport where you want to have those numbers. At, at what point did they go, gosh, that guy's knocking the quarterback down quite a few times. How many times, Jimmy? Uh, I don't know. I'm not keeping track. Just to me, I don't, I don't understand how the NFL doesn't go back and celebrate that. I'd be like, hey, we're going back and we're looking through the archives. Yes, Mark. It's like Bill Russell would block shots. Yeah, yes. Like, man. And he, Wilt. He, right, right, right. Oh, Wilt, he was counting, I'm sure. <laughs> There's no way he's at 90 points. You know what? I've had enough. I'll get out. Well, I think that they told him where he was, and then they just kept feeding him the ball. I don't even think that game ended. I think it ended when Wilt got 100 points. If, I, if I'm correct, that it might have stopped it. I think with like 12 seconds to, I don't know, like Guy Rogers threw a pass to Wilt and he scored his 100th point. Then they were facing the Knicks. And I think they stopped, like the game ended then for some reason. Although, that was 1962 and I was six years old. Yeah, Pauline. Here's more on triple doubles. There's a longtime colonist we all heard of, Scott Osler. I think he's San Francisco Chronicle maybe now, but he's... Worked for the L.A. Times. L.A. Times, yeah. yeah. He was a longtime L.A. Times writer. Yeah. He was a beat writer for the Lakers. They were at the Sixers, and he was on Stat Row or Press Row talking to Harvey Pollock, the stat guy for the Sixers. And Harvey Pollock said, we need a catchy nickname for guys like Magic who have you know, double-doubles. You know, and he said the way double-doubles, points, rebounds, assists. And Osser goes, double-doubles, triple-doubles. He goes, yeah, I guess it'd be triple. They were workshopping it on the sidelines during a mm. Magic Johnson-Lakers game at the Sixers, and then it kind of took took form after that. Yeah, I've had some triple-doubles. Have you had some triple-doubles before, Seton? Back in the day. Yeah. 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 I, st- I didn't really keep track of it, though. Yeah. I didn't think it was important. <laughs> no, I'm in at the bar. Oh, at the bar. Oh. <laughs> well, I didn't really keep track of those either. <laughs> <laughs> of a triple double. Yeah. yeah. I didn't really keep track of those. Yeah. Uh, I came in today and the Danettes go, Do we get paid extra today? And I go, um, No, it's a Thursday. And then they wanted the day off because uh, leap year. It's not even a real day. And I said, Well, um, it's not a holiday and you're working an extra day because it's the 29th. But uh, how about we just do this for the, you know, the greater good of our audience? Pro bono? Here. Yeah. Yeah. 
Should this be a holiday? Mm. Everyone in America is working an extra day without getting paid an extra day. What if you made it a national holiday and you did something? It's like a free day of the year and you do like something you've always wanted to do. Okay. Then you have to give me a holiday back. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. You, we're just not adding. You got to give me one. Oh, man. So you got to give one back. That's a toughie. Yeah. yeah. Yes, Todd. In this world where everyone seems to be retiring early and working less, and then we have to give a day back, it doesn't well, need to go with the flow of what everyone's doing. I'm, I, you know, yeah, you guys got load management. You're better than this. <laughs> Come on. People are renting trailers and just deciding, you know what, I don't need to work. Somehow I'll find money and I'll just drive across the country with my Yeah, girlfriend. but we're not doing that. We're not going to do that. Yeah, and it is leap day, but you're going to work an extra day this year. I'll make it up to you. Yeah. How about... I? I I came up with this concept, Meet Friday. I'm going to feed you guys every Friday. Yes. Yeah, how's that? Who's planning the menu, by the way, for Meet Friday tomorrow? Oh, no. Doesn't Tyler usually do that? Well, sometimes special occasion. Sometimes he'll ask somebody. Marvin. Marvin was able to uh, come up with the menu uh, recently when he was down in the dumps. His 49ers. He went through his five. Oh, stages. we don't have to. We don't have to bring it up. <laughs> oh, okay. yeah. We yeah. just had meat Friday. Yeah, that was it. Five stages of grief. Yeah, for Marvin. <laughs> 49ers. Once again, crushed his little little hands and soul. Yes, Paul. But Marvin, do you get past it where you're like the Niners are set up great for next year? Let's shake it off. Are you at that point? I am actually. Like you know what? All right, come on, let's rally. Like Dan always says, come yeah. on, let's rally. Let's go. But also, I'm like. Ugh. Every day's Super Bowl. Yeah. Come on. Oh, yep. I, sorry. I shouldn't have said that. Well, I could be the Lions because every day is the NFC Championship game, uh, at least the first half. Feels like you're shifting blame here a little bit. Is that, an, is that another stage of grief? I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> it that, might be. Is that six? So That's, you're saying you would rather be a Niner fan than a Lions fan? Yeah, I who would. Got, okay, who got more enjoyment out of this season? Niners fans? Or Lions fans. Lions fans. Yes, they for did. sure. Absolutely. Yes, they did. By a mile. Yes. yes. Yes, they did. Except when I saw them in the Las Vegas airport wearing their Lions gear. Wow. Okay. Well, they were, you know, expecting their team to get to the uh, Super Bowl. So they still had those tickets or hotel rooms. All right. Uh, let me see. Chemo in Virginia Beach. Hi, Chemo. Hey, Danny. Hey, bud. Happy Leap. Happy Leap Danny Day. Mm -hmm. Leap Danny, uh, ergo the wet jumper. Anyway, mm -hmm. we've been talking about scoring all day. Mm -hmm. We can hear it. Those of us been with you forever, Danny, we can hear it in your voice. When you, you brought up Pete, oh, after the break at the box score, him and Nate scored 44 each. Or, Danny, we can hear it in your voice that you're the shooter, and that's why we love you. <laughs> oh, and then you said, oh, they didn't play defense. Oh, we can hear it. Your voice changes, Danny. Oh, they didn't have to play defense. Damn it, Golden Boy, get back there and play some defense. Thank you, Kimo. Yes. Um, but I, Pete and Nate did not play defense, and I just was fascinated that you were able to play, stay in the game, and you didn't have to play any defense. No. Look, I didn't want to play defense. I had to play defense, or they, they were going to take me out of the game. All right, uh, let's take a break here. Golden boy. That brings back bad memories. Bob Mulkey, head coach, Eastern Kentucky. 
didn't like me. Any relation to Kim Mulkey from uh, LSU? Um, no, but both intense, both intense, and both realizing that I couldn't play. Yeah, probably. Uh, I she, think Coach Mulkey knows you can't play down the. Well, she knows I can shoot. Oh, yeah, she knows I can shoot. She's seen it. Yeah, she has. She's witnessed it firsthand. <laughs> a secondhand. Yeah. Let me take a break here. All right, and uh, we'll come back. More phone calls and uh, more on the fourteen team proposal for college football's playoff. We didn't get to 12 yet. We're already going to 14. We'll have that for you coming up as well. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. And we'll get some uh, phone calls here coming up. Oh, by the way, it's a four-year tradition unlike any other. It's Leap Day or Leap Year Sports Names what? with Fritzy. Hear oh. Paulie's reaction? It's like he ate like a bad piece of food or something. Uh, yeah, I, I heard it. You did hear it. Yeah, <laughs> speaking for America. I did. But uh, it, it happens only once every four years. And based on your retirement announcement, this is a, like a one and done. This will be the last time we're subject. I mean, we get to hear these sports names. Yes, Eden? Is this the first of the last things we do on the show now that you're retiring? <laughs> You know what? This is the. F- I think this is the first last time we're doing something. Yeah. Wow. This, wow. This could be emotional. This will be the last time we do leap year sports names. Whew. Yeah, Paul. This is the first time I've ever been glad that you're retiring. Because <laughs> <laughs> we won't be doing the show in 2028. No. That'll be the next leap year. Yeah, it will. 
I'll be doing that at home. Okay, John. I will. I'll be talking about stuff at home doing these All righty. Here we go. All right. Since it's a leap year, do let's we, go Do we have it. any music for this, Marvin? This is the last time we're ever going to do this. Let's make it special. Yes. Let's see. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. Perfect. Okay. Perfect. All righty. It's leap year <laughs> sports names. Fritzy. All right. How about jumpy gethers? What? Boy. That was my first guess. I was going to say. Are that. you kidding me? I, I was about to it. say. I Oh, no, you weren't going to say jumpy gathers. I swear in a second, because I can't think of anything else that fits this. There's very few. It was tough. I, a couple of these are a stretch. Okay. Clint Hurdle. Okay. Anything to do with Leap. Willie Vault. Will you give me that? Will you give me Willie Vault? Willie Gaunt. Willie Gaunt. Skip Lockwood. Different types of movements. Skip Lockwood, former Mets pitcher. Bob Walk. Pete Runnels. Played back in, I think, the 20s or 30s. No, wait. What's a walk have to do with well, le- leaping, walking, running, different types of bodily movements? No, 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 no. That's called shoehorning. Mm. It might be short. Larry Sorensen. That's kind of leaping. Larry Sorensen. I think he pitched for the Brewers for a few years. <laughs> Andre Risen. You're soaring, you're leaping, you're rising up. Dwight Scales, like scale on the wall. Dwight Scales. George Springer. The sound effect. George Springer. Okay. Ryan Leap. We love Ryan Leap. Leaf. Oh, Ryan Leaf. Leaf. Not Ryan Leap. <laughs> George Foreman. It happens once every four years. So George go. Foreman. Okay. And the last one, because when you leap, you think of Leap Frog. So who other than the old Dallas Cowboys legend? Frogger Staubach. You love Frogger Staubach. That was my last one. Roger. Frogger Staubach. I ended on a bad note. <laughs> Todd, you should have saved George Springer. George Springer should have been the last one. You absolutely rallied and crushed. That was great. You know... I, I'm I'm gonna give you a round of applause for effort. I mean, yes. it, it wasn't it. it wasn't good at all, but you know, you did put in the time and the effort. It's tough. It's leap year. There's not going to be a lot of names there. Well, then maybe we don't do something. Yeah, but I think it was just worth it that me and Paul had jumpy together. That's fun. That's like probably the best one, and then they all went downhill after that. This is it. This is it. How about a round of applause that we never are subjected to this again? George Springer. Yeah. Going out on top, toddler. You're going out on top. Try. All we could do is try. Yeah. Yes, Paul. I hope in three and a half years, like they offer you a new contract, they get you to stay for two more years. You go, you know what? I was thinking about it, but I just can't do another February 29th. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to work on the 29th. I can't. Very uh, nice. A couple of phone calls in here. Sorry. Sorry, America. Ryan in Missouri. Hey, Ryan, what's on your mind today? Hi, Dan. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, I have a stat of the day and then a question for Seton if I have time. Stat of the day is Peyton Sanford from the University of Iowa recently recorded a triple-double, supposedly the first in the men's uh, program at Iowa, but that makes Iowa the first school in 25 years mm. to have a male and a female player record a triple-double in the same season. All right. I like that. Stat of the day, stat of the day, stat of the day, stat of the day. Here comes, here comes that what stat of the day. Stat of the day brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. All right, I like that. Stat of the day. Let's see, Butch in Germany is joining us. Hi, Butch. Hi, how you guys doing? Great. Good, yep. Yeah, like the show. I've uh, never called in before. I'm kind of... Uh, you, ha- you were talking earlier about uh, the NFL and different decades and 
different requirements for like the Hall of Fame, and then right away I just thought about Ricky Waters. Um, uh, I mean, the guy played ten years. He went over ten thousand yards rushing, four thousand yards receiving, like a hundred touchdowns. Yeah, I brought up Ricky Waters before, Butch. I like that Butch is calling in for the first time from Germany, and it has to do with Ricky Waters. That got him fired up. I love that. Yeah, Ricky Waters to me is a Hall of Famer, but I don't vote. You know? I just look at the numbers. I remember him. He was one of the first dual threats at running back. Uh, Mitch in Portland. Hi, Mitch. What's on your mind today? Hey, Dan. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I know you did some LeBron stuff, I think, in the first hour, but I just had a question. I was watching the game last night, and it kind of felt like Kawhi does not have the same type of impact that he used to have on LeBron defensively. I mean, you watch the Spurs heat days. They just felt like Kawhi could really, I don't know, have that impact. And I'm just curious if you have any thoughts on that or if it's just my perception. And I'll uh, take my answer offline. Thanks. All right. Thank you, Mitch. I don't think we look at uh, Kawhi as a lockdown guy. When he first got to the Spurs, he was known as a defensive guy. And uh, on that team, with that roster, he was going to do whatever it took to kind of fill in whatever Pop needed. But I never, I don't look at him now. Like, how many times do you look at somebody and go, Man, he's a stopper, a perimeter guy. We got we got guys who can block shots, you know, Chad Holmgren and Victor Wambayama. But I, when it comes down to stopping somebody, who truly is a stopper? And I don't know if there is where you go, oh, that's right. But we used to celebrate that. We would watch Gary Payton. He was the glove. Like now perimeter defender is Drew Holiday. When's the last time you went, man, look at Drew Holiday on the perimeter? We just we don't celebrate that anymore. Plus, with the ability to carry the ball, uh, it's really hard to shut somebody down. I was watching a college game last night, and the point guard was bringing the ball up and had his hand under the ball each time he was dribbling. And I went, if you can't beat somebody off the dribble, that's embarrassing. Like if you give these guys who already have that great ability, and then you go, hey, by the way, and you could basically just carry it like it's a loaf of bread. Yeah, go from point A to point B. And I don't know, once again, why. I know when it started. I don't know why it continued. Because Iverson and Stockton were two guys that I saw, Tim Hardaway, that they had their hand on the side of the ball. I don't know why they needed a further advantage. They're all three Hall of Famers. Oh, Todd's got one more that he missed his leap year. Sir James tweets, how could you forget Air Jordan? What? That's How could we leave that out? Well, Air Jordan. Now, now we're done. Now we're done. What? <laughs> what? Air Jordan what? leap year. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.